Let's go. Yeah, are you guys open today? Yes. Uh, do you have toilet paper in? Yes, we do. Okay, that's fantastic. Thank you. Hey, bye. bye. Welcome to another episode of How to Feel Great. I'm your host, Scott C. Jones. How to Feel Great is the pandemic-centric offshoot of the heavily pixelated podcast. As you know from social media, I have found toilet paper. For those of you who are listening to the podcast and wondering maybe why I'm not presenting more traditional episodes of Heavily Pixelated, um, partly it's because of time. Uh, I have a lot of free time right now, so um, I feel like connecting with people. I'm honestly a little bit lonely here. I just I live alone with my cat. And I, I call people and I, I just thought, you know, why don't I record some of those conversations and uh, talk about self-care and try to answer some listener questions and, and connect, like just, just connect as much as I possibly can. So this is a record of me connecting today, and I sincerely hope that you are connecting wherever you are in one capacity or another. My guest on today's show is author, critic, and video gamer Harold Goldberg. I've known Harold for almost 20 years, since the very beginning of, the, uh, of my time in the video game business. Harold's a friend, a peer, a confidant, but he is also um, 100% New York City. Uh, he's crabby, he's moody. But he also has a very, very sweet heart. Harold is the author of All Your Base Belong to Us. All Your Base Are Belong to Us. How 50 Years of Video Games Conquered Pop Culture. He still writes for publications like the New York Times and the Washington Post and New York Magazine. And he's the founder and central smooth operator of the New York Video Game Critics Circle which does a lot of different things. We'll talk about some of those things on today's show. New York is a mess right now, as everybody knows, and Harold lives in the southern tip of Manhattan, down on the Lower East Side. I've read in the news about the constant sirens in New York at the moment, and you'll definitely hear some of those sirens later in this interview. Let's bring Harold in now. Hello, Harold. How are you, my friend? Scott, I'm good, man. How are you? How's the audio on your end? You sound good. Good. You have a deep, sexy voice. <laughs> As do you, my friend. As how, do you. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm all right. You know, um, New York is a strange place these days, but no, we're trying to uh, keep uh, as optimistic as possible, Helen and I. Yeah. Doing the best to enjoy the smaller things. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I really feel for you there. You know, I'm a subscriber to the New York Times. I think it's a wonderful publication. Have you checked it out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, I subscribe to the New York Times, and so I get a lot of New York City news. Um, and I also some days I got it just between you and me. Uh, I look at uh, the New York Post too, uh, for the other side of the coin. You know. Um, sure. But I get all the news from New York, and and I can't I can't I can't quite believe what's happening there. Uh, it's it's amazing. Toronto is a big city, but it's certainly not on the scale of New York. Right. Well, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a rough month, I'd say. A rough month or six weeks. Uh, it's time to gird your loins, Scott. <laughs> 
my my loins are always girded, Harold. They've been girded for about twenty years now. Uh, I've been looking for an opportunity to ungird them, but so far, no no opportunities have presented them themselves to me. Uh, Harold, I am a big fan of the work you're doing these days. The, the New York Game Critics Circle. Am I saying that right? It's the New York Video Game Critics Circle, and I, I I think it's amazing what you're doing. The work you're doing with the with the schools, and I saw some of the photos that you had with uh, Reggie. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I don't know how you're making this stuff happen, but you're you're doing it, man. Yeah, a lot of uh, gathering of people. Yeah, I mean, you're bringing yeah. together all the right people. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. It's good to have the circle around. It's good. It's good. We're not recording yet, are we? Yeah, we're recording. I mean, oh, we're, we're recording. recording like, yeah, it's, it started. Yeah, I mean, it just Zoom just records everything. So if you if you want me to cut the stuff we've talked about so far, it's really up to you. No, no, it's <clears> it's fine, man. I you know, I mean the. The critic circle basically started as a group that Ad would advocate for us critics, because I mean, you know, having been in New York for such a long time as well, that we were being given short shrift uh, oh, on, on all fronts yeah. on the West Coast. Yeah, I mean, everything's on the West Coast. So, I mean, when my book came out, I had it had gotten a fair amount of good press and good vibes all around. Mm -hmm. Some game companies asked me to come work for them or write for them. There was talk about doing some documentaries based on the book. And, mm -hmm. But I, I thought, you know, if we really concentrated on what we could do for ourselves, it might be more powerful than any of those things. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, it was me, Evan Narsis, mm -hmm. Rush, Rush Frustic, Andrew Yoon, Tracy John were at that first meeting on Rivington Street. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, within a year or so, we had done the first New York Game Awards and advocated for ourselves properly. And sometime after that, maybe a year or so, Catherine Soros, who's now our board secretary, mm -hmm. said, you should go up to the Bronx, to the school called the Dream Yard and, and help a kid uh, write, write this college essay. I think you'll, you'll enjoy it. So it went up there. And did that and quite enjoyed it and because the the kid I mean that is that school the dream yard is in the congressional district that is the poorest in the United States so yeah everyone's got some issues uh, financially and uh, this kid asked to me well I just came from Africa and I feel like an outsider here if I go to college uh, do you think I'll, I'll be less of an outsider and more accepted and mm -hmm. that really resonated with me so I was kind of always the person who was uh, uh, felt felt a little bit on the outside. So I mm -hmm. went back and talked to the critic circle, and I said, "Look, we can, we know everybody in the video game industry. So I think we could begin a course up up at this school, and it might be very helpful to teach kids journalism um, uh, through reviewing video games." And so. That kind of began to gel, and we've been doing that for about four or five years now. We give them scholarships and paid internships. We just opened a satellite here on the Lower East Side uh, doing the same kind of work, and uh, you know, we have offers to do it in other cities. And I think we're doing good work, and the kids, you know, I mean, we're talking about uh, what keeps us going during a time of crisis. I think one of the things is that these kids are very inspiring. Yeah. Um, try really hard to do uh, to create writing that's important and good. And the one kid uh, by the name of Isaiah talked 
here on the Lower East Side on the first day about yeah. first first game that meant something to him. And he said it was, I think it was modern, modern warfare. And I said, well, why did that, why did that resonate with you? Well, yeah. what was the deal there? And he said, well, that's the game my mother gave me on the day my father left us. Wow. So they, I mean, and so then he eventually, that was the, his essay of the, you know, we taught there for 12 weeks and he came up with a good essay. And a lot of these kids, uh, certainly on the Lower East Side, in the Lower East Side class, are uh, a little more um, wary of being taught than they are up in the, in the Bronx. So yeah. an interesting, it was an interesting 12 weeks. And then, you know, we're hopefully when this ends, we'll do more. But right now we're trying to figure out how to do this uh online so that's that's an interesting challenge but we're, we're giving it a go right you've got a pivot already you're you're pretty new and uh because of the circumstances we're in now i mean i'm, I'm assuming that's part of the reason why you're going online yeah well exactly because of the circumstances right yeah. now so what we've done in the interim is take so we've had we have three or four paid interns and we're increasing that to about 10 contributors who are mm-hmm. all from the age of 14 to about 18. And some are in college, just started college, and, and some are, are still in high school. Mm-hmm. So we're giving them uh, you know, games to review, and, and, and we'll see how that goes. We just had a critic circle meeting. We invited the interns to it, and we had three or four developers, including uh, Dennis Dyack from, mm-hmm. from there in Canada. Sure. And uh, it went it went really quite well, and I think the uh, the interns, the kids, asked the best questions. So when I think we're we're doing the best we can uh, under the circumstances. That's such an interesting concept to teach writing by getting kids to review video games. I it's I don't I don't know why that's never occurred to me or anyone else. Like that seems brilliant to me. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good hook, I guess, and and I mean Great that's hook. all we could do, right? You know, so. Yeah. Uh, I, that's, 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 I, I know that I'm good at this one thing and it's writing. And, uh, um, I think that that shows when I talk to kids that even if they do not go into the game industry or journalism, they've learned to express themselves. And often, you know, we have them work in teams as well, especially when we work face to face and they, they work on a narrative oriented, social justice oriented, uh, video game levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year it's going to be dreams. So they really talk about bullying and really tough subjects very openly. So I think, you know, whether it's, 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 it's reviewing a game or creating, uh, uh, something that's kind of nonfiction and journalism oriented in the social Mm -hmm. justice arena and making game levels, it's, it's really uh, kind of humbling for me to see what they come up with. And then when we have, uh, the New York game awards here, Scott, you know, we have, People like Jeff Keeley will come in and mm-hmm. work for free for us. And, and yeah, we have people from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah hosted. And we have people from late, uh, the Stephen Colbert Show from the Stay Human Band do yeah. music. So we all get together and, 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 and uh, you know, we give out awards, but it's, it's primarily a Trojan horse for our, our mentoring activities. Yeah. Uh, Harold, this is, uh, I'm so impressed by what you've been doing. I've only known about it kind of in the uh, sort of half abstract 
kind of way the last few years. And that's really my fault because I've been busy and distracted with my own uh, stuff in my life. Um, but you've really uh, built something formidable and, and terribly impressive. And, and, you know, once again, I feel like I have to tip my hat to you. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's we, after, after, after nine years of it, we're finally getting it right. Yeah, I mean, all of this, you know, honestly, when it first, I think you started it up right after I left New York, um, ironically, you know, coincidence. Um, Harold's like, now Jones is out of here. We can start this uh, critics thing. Let's get going. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've, 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 you stuck with it and you've, you've gotten it to uh, like, a, you, you're, you've always been a hard worker, roll up your sleeves, get it done. And and you've really turned it into something now, man. I'm I'm so proud of you and so happy for you. Thanks, man. I think it's 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 uh, uh, you know really good endeavor. Uh, you know, with uh, fairly the, the the reasons behind it are kind of honest and pure. I mean, no yeah. one, you know, there we as I deal with other nonprofits, we we do find that it's um, sometimes more about raising money than it is about uh, teaching on a one-to-one basis. And, mm-hmm. and so that's not something I like to see, but I think with us, we're still small enough that we can do one-on-one mentoring. And I mm-hmm. think that's that's what kind of keeps us honest and keeps us uh, you know, pure to a certain extent. Are you a good teacher? Because I know you're a good writer. People can follow your byline at WashingtonPost.com. Uh, is that the, is, is, what yeah, is the Washington Post, New York Magazine? Yeah, you're all over the place. You're, you're one of the best writers I know by far. But but being a writer and being a teacher are two very different things. Are are you good at teaching? Yeah, I'm decent at <laughs> it. I mean, I I, I, I don't you know. I don't think I'm as good at, at teaching as I am at writing. Yeah. But, you know, Working with the circle and working with students, uh, it's you want to make it right because if you don't get your message or point across, mm-hmm. then uh, people kind of just look at you bl- uh, blankly. Yeah. And at that point, you know you're doing uh, you're not you're not doing the right thing. But I think that uh, some of the people at the Dream Art School have, have kind of helped me uh, to learn how to continue. In, a, in the course of a couple of hours to uh, intrigue students and get them mm-hmm. motivated. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at it, but I'm not, I'm no, yeah. I'm no educator. I mean, when we, I see what uh, uh, teachers do at, at yeah. uh, schools in the Bronx and here on the Lower East Side, I, you know, my, or, or social workers for that matter, you know, my, my, I, I tip the hat to them because it's really yeah. a difficult job to do day after day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. Um, Harold, you've been in the video game business. You were in the business before I even got into the business, for sure. And that was a long time ago for me. Um, and it's been even longer for you. Um, can you can you uh, can we wax nostalgic for a moment? Sure. Can you uh, do you remember the the can you remember the first uh, video game event in New York City that you went to? Mm-hmm. I remember the first proper video game event I went to, but it was not in New York City. Mm-hmm. So can, that was can, but as far as New York goes, like I, that is that I'm kind of blocking. But I I do remember going to Hawaii mm-hmm. to see Final Fantasy VII for the first time. 
Wow. Holy crap. That was a, that was a long time ago. When was that? that yeah, was that, was like first, that was my first uh, uh, video game, proper video game event. There may have been one or two before that, but nothing certainly as uh, interesting as, as that event. And who was there, man? I think Andy McNamara was oh, there. Yeah. A young Andy McNamara. Andy's been doing it forever, there. man. This is his only job. Still, Game Informer is his only job in the business. That's this is all I, the only job he's ever had. I know that's so cool. So and, cool. Uh, uh, it's good. It's, it's good to have you know have known him all the all these years. We yeah. can we can actually talk about that Final Fantasy event when we uh, meet up. And then Steve Kent was there, who wrote mm -hmm. uh, uh, has written various books about video games over the years. And I think he's writing another one now. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was really quite interesting to, uh, meet with the Final Fantasy team and listen oh, yeah. to, uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi, the guy who created the series, yeah. uh, talk about putting all these interesting, uh, video clips into a PlayStation game, which really had not been done until that point. Mm -hmm. Can you, PlayStation uh, one, man, PlayStation one. Can you believe it? Um, yeah. Can uh, can can you like set the scene and paint the picture a little bit of that event for me, if you can? I know it's a long time ago, Harold. You know, just but just give me a few details. It was quite surreal in the sense that I was doing a story for Wired, and it was just going to be a short review because that's pretty much all they did was short reviews for games. And I was kind of young, and not, I didn't really know what a junket was. Mm -hmm. But they sent me uh, first class to Hawaii, hmm. and and uh, uh, and I remember going into this hotel, and the desk clerk saying, "Yeah, well, Shaq was in that suite you're staying in yesterday." What? Yeah, so it was uh, really quite interesting, and I would wow. not take it. You know, I, I've I've learned a lot since then. I would not take a junket like that. Um, again but uh, at that point i was just pretty young and naive and it was all really cool and uh um um you know i think all of us went snorkeling one day and it was mm -hmm. uh, you know i saw people hook up i did not hook up but it was interesting <laughs> to watch the dynamics of the critics hooking up and uh um so that that was it and then we you know we're all ushered into a, uh, uh, one by one we were ushered into a convention or a conference room and yeah. you know these guys came in and showed us the game it was really quite interesting did you have any good meals i i probably but the meals do not st i think there was <laughs> there was poi i remember it was poi and i didn't know oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah you know the uh it's it's so funny like i you you've been in the business obviously longer than i have and um I'm not even really in it anymore. I just kind of on the periphery of it all. And, um, but it is sort of interesting to think that, uh, you know, you know, when I wor started working with Victor around 2007, 2008, and then I moved to Vancouver in 2010, just those were, those were like, those was like a weird golden age, you know, when it just felt like there were just games coming out, felt like they were coming out every 45 minutes. And, you know, Victor, he wanted to review all of them. So we just yeah. worked and worked and worked and we had two TV shows and, and we, you know, we flew all over the world and, you know, it just felt like it was just this flurry of, of wonderful activity. And it was exactly kind of what I wanted my life to be. Um, and now it, it doesn't even really exist. You and Victor did a great job with uh, reviews on the run and the like, and, and yeah. there was always humor or, 
uh, you know, wry witticisms. Yeah. I appreciate it. It was, it was a great show. Yeah. We had a lot of fun for a long time and, and now it just kind of feels like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do work that is not unlike the work that you're doing. In other words, I like to kind of open doors and pave roads for other people now and, and make their lives a little better, a little simpler, and help them find a skill that they ha- potentially have inside themselves with my, my stuff these days. And, and that's so unbelievably satisfying for me. Great. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good to pass on knowledge that, that you've, you've, you've garnered over the years. And, yeah. Uh, and you know if only to tell some stories tell stories i mean i think you know that's really the the larger goal in life is to live a a a life story that's worth telling and worth sharing with other people and i think you have to sort of uh you know even if you're not a writer you still have to be able to talk about yourself in order to uh do your daily activities and and just make sure you have an experience every day that that's kind of worth worth writing about or worth telling someone else about Exactly. And we we're talking about small things early on. And I was, you know, the, the thing that really uh, inspired me to uh, smile today was the, I, uh, we found a potato that looked like a little rocket with an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable. And I said, that is a beautiful thing. And I, you know, I put it on Twitter. I'm sure no one liked it. I feel really bad that no one liked that potato. Oh, I got to see this you know, potato. So check it out. It's beautiful, man. Oh, wow. That is, that is really beautiful. That is exactly the shit that I love, man. That's, yeah. exa- that's right. You're in the, the sweet spot right there. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's something everyone's a little more conscious of, especially right now when we're uh, more isolated now than, than we ever have been. I don't think I've ever been this isolated in my life, and I don't even like people. Um, but still, like, I, I, I can't go anywhere and I can't do anything. This is the only social moment I'm having all day, and I'll, I'm going to go to bed after this, and so that's the end of it. But, um, like, I'm just – I appreciate these kinds of interactions now more I've, I've never been like a, a you know phone kind of guy conversation kind of guy but man i'm just so happy to hear your voice today yeah it's good to hear you i mean we just saw each other very briefly at a bar at e3 but that was certainly wasn't long enough to catch up so last year yeah yep we did oh here are some oh. <laughs> Yeah, this is killing me. I'll, I'll for sure share this on the uh, yeah, share the, the potato, man. What else? <laughs> share the potato. <laughs> so, oh my god, this is this really made my day. Thank you so much, Harold. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the big question here and it is in. in you know, part of my mission with doing these these episodes and talking to people like you is, is again, I see myself as more of a mentor at this age and and at this state in my life, and I am just trying to help other people get through their days and feel good about who they are and the things they love and and um, you know, what is Harold doing to make himself feel good these days, in addition to finding spectacular potatoes? I mean, I'm trying to understand a little more about what we're going through Mm -hmm. and also not watch as much news so we're in the news business Mm -hmm. uh you know before games i was 
I'd written about sports and I did news writing and music writing and mm-hmm. film writing. So I'm trying to stay away from watching the constant updating of CNN.com. Mm-hmm. So that that's a little difficult, but I'm also trying to read uh, some nonfiction that might give me a little bit more of a grip on what is, you know, what this really is and mm-hmm. how how to deal with it in some way. Writing or uh, 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 editing a little uh, poetry that I've written. Um, I, oh, I, I, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And so, so, so those are those are some of the things I'm doing. I'm in a smaller way. You know, I, I enjoy hanging with the cat. You know, hanging with the cat is a good. Uh, what is your cat's name? Laszlo. Laszlo, that's right. Laszlo. Uh, how old is that Laszlo now? Laszlo, I think, is six now. Uh, and how's Laszlo's health? Laszlo's health is pretty good. I think he had a heart murmur, but they can't hear it anymore. So I think yeah. he might have actually grown out of oh, it. Cool. So, uh, yeah, Laszlo is a vicious cat, but also yeah. an endearing cat. Yeah. I just had one of my cats just barf before we got on the line. <laughs> I had to clean it up and I'm just like, I just, we just ate and then she barfed and then now I know she's going to be hungry all the rest of the evening. <laughs> I have to tell you a story about uh, recently I uh, did a, a piece for New York magazine on Hideo Kojima mm-hmm. and I was talking to him in a room and we we're talking about uh, his parents and, and there were, there were some difficult moments, some sad moments and at one point, he said uh, that he was going to surprise his mother with this new game that, uh, that she, she had known that he had mm-hmm. uh, been fired or from Konami, or, and, 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 but she did not know she had this new company, so he was going to surprise her with this game. But she died before the game came out. Oh. And so at that moment, like I'm getting emotional, and he seemed to be quite getting quite emotional too and i said well what am i going to do to move to something more positive so i had talked to uh, norman Reedus the day before mm-hmm. and he told me the story about how kojima came to his house and uh they were sat down to eat dinner and and Reedus's cat came out and barfed right in front of kojima <laughs> <laughs> And Kojima laughed and laughed, and he couldn't stop laughing. And he says, "I've got to, I've got to put that cat in the game. That cat is brilliant." And so it remind that 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 reminded, and I brought I brought that back up to Kojima, and he started laughing. But oh. your story about your cat barfing reminded me of that story. So did Kojima put the cat in the game? I think he wants to make a separate game. Oh, okay, just dedicated only to the cat's experience. Yeah, I think I think that uh, was the gist of it. Yeah. Oh man, does Laszlo throw up a lot? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's a vomiter. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how we just accept it. Like we just have these these animals that that we decide <laughs> are going to live indoors with us, and they're just going to throw up everywhere. But we, we love them so much, we'll just keep them. That's uh, right. I mean, if, uh, you know, all I need is some paper towels and water, and I'll. Take it. <laughs> Get ready for the next time. Yeah, the uh, so I I saw the the Kojima story in the New York Magazine a couple of weeks ago. Um, but you did one for uh, 
Not New York. New York Times Magazine a couple weeks ago. Scott here to clarify. I'm talking about two different stories, two different publications, New York Times Magazine and New York Magazine. I'll put links to both stories on the website. Did you uh, see that one? I did not do. Uh, uh, did I see that or did I do Did this? you see that? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I did yeah. indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what was... Uh, so you flew over to Japan and went to the studio? No, I did not. I, there was an event here in New York that okay. was quite interesting and glamorous as far as game events go. And in, in fact, Helen, Helen Mirren was there. Oh, wow. She's yeah, a good so actor. That, yeah, she's brilliant. And, and I, you know, her, her husband is a director and uh, had, had done a documentary about... Um, poetry so i had I had to go up to him mm-hmm. I, I was supposedly not allowed to talk to them in fact they had barred journalists from going in uh, to that area while she was there but i i went in anyway mm-hmm. uh, well, you're charming the, harold yeah <laughs> you walk with yeah. a great deal of authority so, or stealth stealth and confidence yeah those are your yeah. <laughs> two yeah. qualities yeah <laughs> and uh uh but i i we ended up talking for about 20 minutes. It was a very fine, uh, small conversation. And uh, I was, you know, usually we do not see stars of her ilk at, at, at a video game. No. Event. So it was, it was quite uh, the thrill for me. If we're lucky, we'll go to E3 and maybe Usher will come on stage, fart once, and then get off <laughs> and pick up his check. That's the end of it. That's right. That's right. I, th- I think you and I were at a PlayStation 3 launch of that years ago. Yep. I was and for I sure went, was there. Yeah. And I went into the bathroom and <laughs> P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, yeah. uh, Sean Puffy Combs was peeing next to me. Yeah. And some dude came up to him and started asking him questions while the dude was peeing. And I said, that's why I don't want to be famous because someone would come up to me and I could not enjoy a solitary peak. Yeah. You got your dinger out and somebody's trying to make conversation. Shut up. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I have been on many trips with you, Harold. We've seen each other on many red eyes heading back to uh, JFK in the middle of the night. Uh, yeah, I have lots and lots of memories and lots of experiences, probably even more than I can remember at this point in time. But yeah, yeah. you know, a couple of years ago, I got really sick. And when I, I uh, recovered, I just laid in that hospital bed for uh, four weeks. And I, I just, I couldn't really tell if the life that I'd had working in the, this industry was a dream or if it was real. Like I couldn't tell. And so much of my, my work experience in the last uh, 15, 20 years has really been dreamlike. I'm, I'm very, very grateful for it. I'm very, very grateful for people like you. Oh, I'm grateful. Well, we're, I mean, same, same goes, same goes for me, Scott. It's, yeah. You know, yeah. It's a pleasure to have met you and you know, continue to know you. So you're writing a little bit of poetry these days, and um, <clears throat> are they just like uh, like scribbles in a notebook, or are you trying to do something with these poems? No, well, I used to them? write a lot of poetry and publish it. And oh, wow. I it was something, you know, a, a problem, and, and I've, I've produced poetry. I've produced those who like uh, words that are on the edge will remember these guys, but uh, <laughs> Nick Tasha's and Hubert Selby 
were, were had done a fair amount of poetry and I went to Los Angeles to uh, produce their poetry CD because I had written poetry and they, they, they kind of liked my poetry. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I there, there was a time when uh, poetry uh, was something I wrote very often. And, and, and so the, the poems uh, I'm, I'm writing now often have a video game hook, but certainly aren't just about um, a game. It kind of veers off into other, uh, they veer off into other things. Harold, do you, um, this might be uh, rude of me and, and forgive me if it is, but is there one that you could uh, maybe share with us and I can share it on the website later when we air the episode? Oh, you mean, yeah, yeah. I don't want to read it, but I'm happy to. Uh, yeah, if, if, yeah. Like, if you're comfortable with that, I'd love to share some of your, your you mentioned that there, there's a, a little bit about games too. So I'm curious now. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you something. And I think listeners will be curious too. Are you writing another book? Um, I, I am, but it's not game oriented. So okay. there, there, there's one fiction and one nonfiction. That oh, so you have two books you're working on? Two, two books, two books I am working on. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see if anything comes of them because, you know, once you get there, there are two places or two genres that, are easy for me to write in and and those are writing books about video games or mm. writing books about serial killers and true crimes and I've done both yeah. and uh, so I could do um, either one of those fairly easily but I think I want to do something that um, is different yeah. than those two genres so that makes it doubly hard to find an agent who uh, would want, would want to work with me but hopefully I'll find yeah. some yeah. yeah. Um, the, uh, do you have games that are, are uh, any comfort to you at all during this, this troubled time we're living through? It's a, it's, it's a, it's a good question. Um, and I ha- actually have had a little difficulty enjoying games right now. Yeah. And I'm not sure uh, why that is. Not that I don't, in, I certainly enjoy the writing the students do and the editing that I do and our, you know, our, our, our staff does. Um, but, but, sir, you know, I, tr- I was, and this is completely honest and I'm sure I'll come back to it, but I started playing the new animal crossing and, mm-hmm. and, and while I, I thought it, it there, there was a charm to it, um, you know, I've played all the animal crossing. So mm-hmm. I just kind of, feel that right at this moment I'll probably be playing one or two hours of a game and then uh, uh, thinking more deeply about like where we are right now in New York City. Yeah. Um, I think that's temporary and it may be as temporary as like next week I'll dive into something. I just did a long story for the, a uh, fairly long story for the uh, Washington Post about um, Apple arcade games. Yep, I, so, I saw it just went up uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago. A couple of days ago, and yep. so um, I did play a lot of of those. So maybe I'm just a little burnt out from uh, uh, playing so many. But uh, I, you know, I, I I do certainly enjoy games. I just hope this this uh, uh, moment here, this 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 funk right now is a bit is momentary yeah funk is the right word for it as a uh, journalist or someone who's been in the industry for a very long time um, 
like what's what's changed for you like what like how you know and i know it's hard to answer this objectively because we are in the middle of of a crisis uh, a global pandemic but like uh like how has how have herald normal regular herald's appetites sort of changed or evolved as, as far as journalism goes as far yeah i was thinking more along games and technology but journalism's fine oh yeah so i still prefer to write for print publication so that is like uh, washington post or new york magazine or new yorker what have you i think you know that's that's what i was brought up on so there's but there's less of that to go around yep. these days um so that's kind of why i created this nonprofit, the new york video game critic circle part of it is to when i do write i just want to write what i want to write about right so mm -hmm. i think maybe and uh we all do need editors, but you know, I've done it for so long that I can write a decent piece without having an editor. Yeah. Sometimes I deal with editors who aren't uh, uh, quite as good at the craft. Um, so I- uh, You get any of those millennials giving you like a bee in your bonnet? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, you know, which is perfectly fine, but, but um, I think you know if you ask about like what has changed. I think, well, the, the NewYorkGameCritics.com is a place for me to occasionally just write exactly yeah. what I, I I want to write about as far as games go, and yeah. and uh, so that's what I think has changed. You know what I don't like is and it's is 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 the social media aspect of, uh -huh. of promoting everything you've done so journalists game journalists or otherwise have to be marketers now and, and that was never really the reason that i went into journalism to yep. begin with i always cared about writing more than marketing and i, I still do to this day so mm -hmm. uh, I, I in certain occasions it's a necessary evil the reason i went on social media to begin with was when my book All Your Base and Belong to Us came out. Mm -hmm. You know, my my editors, uh, my publishers decided that well, you should really have this as, or we're not going to give you a contract unless you have this stuff. So it 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 is helpful to get the word out, but I I'm not sure uh, that that I you know there's there's not much I really like about it to this day, except when you know someone I know chimes in. Or someone who really cares, says something of note chimes in. That's mm -hmm. that I think is makes it good. Yeah, I feel like being a good writer is is really a lifelong pursuit, and it's something you have to work very hard at, and you have to to really get in there and and be willing to sweat. Um, and it's it it is a craft, and and it takes a, a years and years to become a decent writer, and and to become an excellent writer, it just takes decades. Um, and yeah. then, like, then you go and meet with these agents, and you know, then they they want to know how many followers you have on Instagram or whatever. And you're like, ah, man, I've been I've been trying to write a good sentence for 20 years. You yeah. know, I, I I just I don't I don't think that uh, people who are good at social media can also be good writers. Um, maybe people who are good writers can learn to become good at social media, but. I really have no, I have no interest or no time in it really. And and that's going to really limit the scope of, of the number of people that I probably reach for you and I, or we both reach in our lifetimes. But I don't know, I, I'd rather worry about the story. I know a lot of journalists who sit, who, you know, in between their stories, just uh, continually 
update Twitter, and it's yeah. just it's. You, it may it, w- it would make me very agitated to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me too, man. We're the same. We really we've always been the same, Harold. Um, yeah. And uh, like we, I, we we do see things very similarly. Uh, and you you have some skills that I wish I had, but but other than that, I uh, you know I I think we're equals. Yeah, man, it's, yeah, I mean, that's why, I, I can't remember exactly when I met you, but I think it might have been with someone from Maxim. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly who, but then it might have been at a wrestling game event. Yeah, I was going to everything. Uh, and the, the first event for me was, was uh, the first big memorable event was a Ubisoft event in New York. Uh, and it was like 2002 or so, 2000, like right after 9-11. And I just had left the porn magazine I used to work for. And um, I was just, I was working for Maxim and I was at this, it was like Ubisoft's coming out party. Remember, they had like this incredible roster of games. They had this cel-shaded first-person shooter called 13. They had a Batman and Robin game, which was, maybe that was a ho-hum. But they had Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. And so it was the first time I'd ever seen wall running. And I just, I loved just being there. I loved meeting all the people. I was just very excited to, to be there. And, and I'm sure at one of these events, maybe it was a wrestling game. I don't I don't remember the specifics anymore. Uh and I used to drink a lot back then, and so I my memory's not the most reliable. But mm. I uh, I still like the, even though it's a, a bit of a blur, it was still like I just I I could see the sort of the the way the social circles sort of were were distinguished around the room, and I could see people who had access to things that I didn't have access to, and and I just I wanted that access. I, I was ready to do whatever, and I was happy to do it too. And after you know, being a pornographer for, for six years, seven years, I felt like this was my get out of jail free card, honestly. You want to do a couple of uh, questions, then we'll, uh, we'll get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Scott. Uh, I don't know if you could hear them. Did you listen to them on your end or, or I, I did, but now I, I immediately forgot. What they <laughs> <laughs> hey Scott, it's Roz from Langley city, BC. If you could be real-life friends or adventuring companions with any existing video game character, who would it be? Where are the gaps in your social circle? If you could be friends, real-life friends, with any existing video game character, who would it be? The, the, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me is, of course, Luigi, because, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel like he never quite... He, he, you know, he's in, he's in that game where he sucks up the ghost in his vacuum cleaner, but... He doesn't really get enough of the spotlight, and, and doesn't get I, enough props. Man, doesn't get enough props. And the other, the other one I, that comes to mind immediately is Joel from The Last of Us. And uh, you know, I I, mm. I, was, I just did an episode of the podcast about The Last of Us a, a couple of weeks ago, and and um and I ended up replaying it once again, and then I replayed it again almost immediately, and I, I could not believe how much I love that game and love those characters so much. So those are my two picks. I actually have three. I, I have three. Yeah. So one would be Kirby. I'd want to hang with Kirby. Oh yeah, I can see that. Kirby seems like a good soul. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he looks like he's a fun. It would be a, 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 a fun hang and an honest hang. I never know what he's eating though. Is it bubble? He looks like bubble gum, but it looks like he's eating bubble gum too. Yeah, that's probably. I mean, it seems like to work for him. It wouldn't work for me. <laughs> 
let Kirby eat whatever he wants to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, it's, he, you know, he's lived his uh, best life doing that, Scott. Yeah. So who are we to argue with? That's him? right. And then, um, you know, I would say Ellie from Last of Us, like Ellie yeah. in Last of Us 2. So, so uh, there's that awesome uh, moving video of Ellie, uh, uh, Ellie kissing uh, this other woman mm-hmm. uh, in in a bar. Scott again interrupting to clarify. Harold is referring to The Last of Us Part 2 E3 debut. I have a link to that video on my website. And so I would just like to hang at that bar with Ellie and like be there. Watch the ladies kiss? No, just to be with like, because I was always, so the, 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 the story of that scene is not so much the kiss. It's mm-hmm. about the leading up to the kiss and how she feels like uh, uh, very much the wallflower in this bar. Mm-hmm. And so I always felt like that. Yeah. So I would just like to hang with her and say, hey, here's another wallflower to hang with you. Until you go over <laughs> is this a meeting of the wallflower club? Am I on time? <laughs> Not sad about it. It's just the way it was. Yeah. And then, um, um, also Arthur Morgan before he got sick in Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, wow. That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, that whole gang would be cool to hang out with. Right? Yep. And, uh, uh, but Arthur had a, a gravitas, you know, that uh, uh, not, that certainly I don't have. And he could t- I'm sure he could tell some good stories as we were riding horses. Yeah. I, uh, I love that word, gravitas. I mean, part of me wants to punch you in the nose for using it, but also part of me is in <laughs> awe of you for using it. So uh, thank you, Harold, for using uh, Gravitas in today's show. Well, let's um, just say I thought our, our, our Arthur Morgan was cool and, and uh, you know, he, he would be good kind of as a father figure to hang out. Remember the old days when we used to go up to Rockstar in New York? Did we go up to Rockstar? Today? I don't know if I don't know. We never went up together, but I'm just saying, like, I have no idea what what exists in New York now, and you've never left New York really, except for yeah. your travels. Um, yeah. So I just like, can you? St- do they still invite you over for stuff? Is they? I haven't yeah, released a game. Yeah, well, since right so now. so um, I they 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 have a large larger New York office right now, and I was just there. Um, just before coronavirus kicked mm-hmm. in, I was talking with them about like how big it, you know, how, how widespread it might be. But um, yeah, they just redesigned their offices. They, it looks really cool. They're not finished redesigning them. But I mean, I, you know, I've been lucky enough over the years to be, I think, the only person in the world to talk to Sam Hauser and mm-hmm. for hours and hours and hours and also like, uh, Dan Hauser before he left the company for hours and hours and hours. So um, I, I do get to know that company pretty well. And uh, that's, that's, you know, that as far as games go is like kind of a highlight for me, um, not, not to, you know, and to know some of the other people at the company, but just to hear the stories, man. I always look at myself as like the conduit to every um, fan uh, and other journalists who kind of couldn't get in to right. talk to them. So it's those, those, those um, various injury sessions were, were, were quite memorable for me. Are those on the record conversations or were they off the record? Yeah, they were on the record. So one was for New York Magazine when Red Dead 2 came out. Wow. 
Wow. Another one was for, it was a cover for Playboy magazine. Playboy, then, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, man. Um, hopefully they'll come out with like special issues at least because uh, I think that it's such an iconic publication. And then also for the book, um, I spent a lot of time with uh, Sam Hauser for all your base that belonged to us. So it was, uh, uh, it was good to get to know them. Like you have to remember too, Harold, you're like a unicorn at this point. I mean, there's hardly anybody left doing uh, games journalism, certainly on your level. Like I can probably count on maybe one hand and I don't even think I need all the fingers on that one hand. So these people are, you know, if they're going to talk to anybody, they're going to talk to you. Perhaps that's true. I'm not sure. I'm not sure uh, what the reason is. That's probably true. I'm I'm glad that they, you know, I I do talk to them and, and, uh, you know, get, just get a good feeling for, for, for who they are as people. And, 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 uh, uh, you know, their, uh, their ups and downs and what, what their, uh, mistakes were and, and and what they're, uh, they're humans. uh, Yeah. And you know, what they really are the most proud of. It's really good to hear those, those stories. And they built some of the most successful, you know, populist entertainments of the 20th and 21st centuries. Like incredible stuff. That is true, man. Yeah. Well, Harold, uh, thank you so much for your time today, my friend. And uh, say hello to Helen for me and Laszlo too, unless Laszlo's uh, throwing up. Just let him finish throwing up first, then tell him I said hello back. Um, And uh, just I'm so in awe of what you've, been able to do with the game critics circle and uh you know the bylines you have these days you you really you're like the omega man at this point <laughs> doesn't feel like that but thank you so much for saying that <laughs> you know I, uh, it's, it's, it's good to hear special thanks to my friend Harold Goldberg, New York City's Omega Man. If you want to see photos of Harold and the students at the Dream Yard, go to my website, scottcjones.com. If you'd like to read some of Harold's poetry, you can also find that on my website. Also on my website, you can find links to the New York Video Game Critics Circle. And you can find a picture of Laszlo and that weird potato that Harold talked about. If you have a question for Heavily Pixelated, record it on your phone and then attach it to an email and send it to heavilypix at gmail.com. Patrick Day Artega provided the music in today's episode, patrickdayartega.com. Sarah Deakins is the producer of Heavily Pixelated. Stephen Nikolic is the technical producer. If you like what we're doing here, you can support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash heavily pixelated. We'll be back very soon with another episode of Heavily Pixelated. Until then, I'm Scott C. Jones. We'll see you next time.